The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with the loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you O Christ. Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Creator, from our Savior, Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, the one who is present wherever you are. So Jesus performs an exorcism on an unclean spirit. That's our story for today. And I'm going to tell you, I'd really like to avoid this one. <laughs> What do I possibly have to say about exorcisms? And more importantly, how does this in any way relate to our context today? I will tell you, I sat in front of a blank computer screen for far too long, just hoping the answers to those questions would come from me, but they did not. And so I don't know about you, but when I'm stuck, I have to just remove myself and go do something else. Um, to try to figure out the, the answer to my problem or my project or this story. So usually I have to get up and go for a walk or make a phone call or clean my kitchen. <laughs> and sometimes that generates the perfect answer. And then other times it just helps to prolong the procrastination. So this week I was out for a walk trying to drum up something about this story that felt like a sermon. And my brain just did this little wander back to being 10 years old and sitting in worship with my family in my home church. When I didn't understand the story or when I wasn't connecting it to something that mattered to me, this is what I would do. I would take out my bulletin and a pencil and I would go through and I would just circle every two letter word I could find in that bulletin. And then when I got done with that, and it took a while, there's a lot of two-letter words, I would go back to the beginning and I would circle all the three-letter words all the way to the end. And then I'd go back and do the four-letter words and the five-letter words. And usually this took up the amount of time I needed to distract myself. So as I was reminiscing on that little distraction tool, I remembered this preaching lecture I heard a couple of years ago that said you should circle the verbs circle the verbs. So that's what I did. I went back to my computer screen and, and pulled up the story again, and I made a list of all of the verbs in this story. I took out the, the simple verbs like is and be and have, and I focused on the action verbs, the verbs that tell us something that is happening. So here's that list. When we retell that story with just the verbs, it goes like this. Went, entered, taught, astounded, cried out, come to destroy, rebuked, 
saying, be silent, come out, convulsing, crying, came out, amazed, asking, teaching, commands, obeys, began to spread. Now, doesn't that list of verbs tell kind of a different story? Obviously, we have to fill in some gaps, but there is a story here to be told that is much less confusing without all of those first century nouns that really have no connection to us. The first century nouns are these, Sabbath, synagogue, scribes, unclean spirit, Jesus of Nazareth, holy one, region of Galilee. Now, the nouns in this story are not ones that you and I use in our everyday language, in, our, in ordinary conversation, are they? I don't talk to my neighbors about what the scribes are saying or what I'm going to be doing on the Sabbath, and I certainly don't inquire from my neighbors how to get uh, an unclean spirit taken care of. But the verbs, let's go back to that list of verbs. They are timeless. The verbs in this story have not changed over the course of 2,000 years. The verbs, they depict the way humans move and think and act. And I don't know about you, but I can relate to each one of them on that list. And what's more, these verbs and the particular way that they fall into place out of today's text tell a story that I can relate to. So the verbs kind of divide themselves out into three parts, which is nice when we're telling a story, a beginning, middle, and end. And so the beginning of that story is Jesus and the disciples, and they went, they entered, they taught astounded. Went, entered, taught, astounded. We don't have to know what exactly is going on, where they went, or what was taught. We know the feeling of entering into something, hearing something, being moved or astounded by the words or the wisdom or even just the moment. We know what that is like. As humans, we can, we can feel something in these four words. Something special is happening here. From these four words, we understand that connections are being made and relationships are being deepened. Went, entered, taught astounded. But then we move to the, the conflict or the crisis in the story and this next set of nine verbs. Cried out, came to destroy, rebuked, saying, be silent, come out, convulsing, crying, came out. Here are nine words that now move us in a different direction. Now we are experiencing the disruption and the confusion of this story and, and the human story. We can relate to this. We can easily add in our own nouns. We know the specific names of so many who have cried out. We have felt the worry of, of those, be it virus or human, that may have come to destroy we have heard or ignored the rebuke of politicians, of neighbors, of preachers, of scientists. We feel the disruption and confusing days of the last year, uh, of the cries all around us and within us. These nine verbs tell the story of the uncertain and confusing days of the last year and the unpredictable and precarious days ahead. 
A friend of mine turned me on to this adult education session from the Fourth Presbyterian Church of Chicago, where Pastor Otis Moss III was one of a panel of speakers on faith in these uncertain times. In that session, Pastor Moss said this, faith is designed for unsettled times. He said that from Israel to uh, Revelation, there is no joyous or perfect moment. In the whole history of the earth, he was saying, there has never been a joyous and perfect moment. Faith is designed for unsettled times. Into this uncertain, unsettled, unpredictable story told in these nine words, Jesus speaks and we can feel it. Into the uncertain, unsettled, unpredictable moment that you face, Jesus speaks. Be silent. Come out. In this moment, when we have heard the voice, faith is stirred. Faith for the unsettled time. The noun used in this story is an unclean spirit. And so we may call it evil or fear or oppression or pain or death or loss or whatever it is that needs to come out. When Jesus' word stirs our faith, it will come out. It will come out crying and convulsing, perhaps. But Jesus' words, Jesus' presence, Jesus' promise give us the assurance that this kind of evil can hold no real power over us anymore because faith is designed for these unsettled times. Do you know, as I, I, I thought about it, as I'm looking at this story of an exorcism, I was unknowingly a part of an exorcism once. I was a visiting pastor in a small village parish in northern Tanzania, and I was out with the other pastors and elders of the church making house-to-house -house visits and praying with families. And so we came to the house of a young mother and she was alone and we sat down to talk with her. Now, I don't speak Swahili and so I was an observer in that room. I was just there to bring a few greetings and to listen. I can pray along with her even though I can't pray in Swahili. And so she talked for a while and her story became animated and very emotional. And one word I kept hearing her use over and over was frozen. That was an English word I kept hearing and I, I wondered, I made note of why I was hearing that. But more importantly, the other pastor began to pray for her. And soon he was sort of yelling his prayer and laying his hands on her head and grabbing my hands and placing them on her head. And his whole body began to move in this prayer. And her whole body began, began shaking with the crying that this prayer elicited. I don't know his specific words, but I did know that we were praying for something painful to be lifted from her. When we were done and we were walking away, my pastor friend said to me, I suppose you have some questions about what happened just now. I said, just one, what happened? He said this, and make note that what he uses is focusing on verbs. She told us her story. You saw her cry. 
We laid our hands on her. We prayed. Jesus healed her spirit. I didn't need any specific nouns to understand this story of the importance of faith in an unsettled time. I did want to know about the word frozen, though, so I asked, why am I hearing this word frozen so many times? And he told me frozen was the name of her husband. He had left her for work in the city and had not returned with money or food to feed their children and to care for her family. And because she was abandoned by him, she was also rejected by his family and then neglected by neighbors. She was desperate. In telling her story, her spirit was healed. Her church surrounded her and restored her to community. It gave her significance and belonging once again. You know, these nine words tell her story too. Cried out, come to destroy, rebuked, saying, be silent, come out, convulsing, crying, came out. The story in nine words has been told and retold throughout human history. It was told in our city this summer. It has been told again and again throughout this pandemic. It continues to be told wherever pain and wherever evil and despair reside among us. It has likely been told in your life a time or two as well. And the promise is this, that when we cry out, God will hear. But this is not the end of the story, because even with that seed of hope found in these nine verbs that God hears, the crowd is still reeling with disruption and uncertainty. Witnessing the spirit move in this way can leave a person mystified or skeptical or even suspicious. And so thankfully, there are six more verbs in this list. Listen to the end of the story. Amazed asking, teaching, commands, obey, began to spread. Remember at the beginning how those first four, in those first four verbs, we knew that something special was happening. Connections were being made and relationships were being deepened. These six verbs ending the story, they even deepen that connection more. Now it's not just teaching, but there is asking and teaching. It is a, a back and forth kind of connection, a, a growing relationship, an evolving and expanding unity among these people. And then we get to the verbs command and obey. And we have been conditioned to hear these verbs as uh, verbs with, with power and authority. But Jesus shows the people a new way to think about the command and obedience. It's a new dance among community. The story told in these final six action verbs is that among a group of people who have witnessed the miraculous, a new kind of authority is established, which commands us to love without exception, which opens us up to the purposeful, purposeful and humble allegiance, which instills in us the inability to keep all of this to ourselves. Amazed asking, teaching, commands, obeys, began to spread. It began to spread. 
it began to spread. They could not keep this news to themselves. It began to spread. You see, we who have witnessed the restoration and healing that is possible through Jesus, we are called to be people of action, to not just tell the story, but be in the story, to be active participants in the healing and the restoration of our world. So children of God, may the good news you hear today restore you, amaze you, and be spread among you. And then may you say, thanks be to God. Amen.